Welcome to the Smith and Rowland Show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowland. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting episode of the Smith and Rowland Podcast, where we will be discussing vital topics of interest to us all, but we will be doing it with such brilliance, eloquence, and expertise that you will say to yourself, my, my. Is there no end to these men's wisdom? I can't quite hold. I just cannot quite make it to your ends of your introductions. I mean, I do the best I can with what little I have. Well, you just took my breath away. All right, Mr. Roland, we have a wonderful little topic today on our podcast. We have both been listening to this podcast between Right Response Ministries and the Remnant Radio crowd, the Remnant Radio guys, I can't quote their names, but you can go to Remnant Radio. There's two young preachers there who are quite popular today's podcast. And then we have Doug Wilson, and as, which is the Remnant Radio guys. We're, they're more of the charismatic Pentecostal background, would you say? I don't know if they'd want to yep. tag them that, but that's what it looks like to me. Then you have Doug Wilson and Joel Wincam, I think is the way is. I couldn't quite mm-hmm. see his last name, but Joel Wincam, I think it is, and Doug Wilson. So you got these four guys, and they're from Bright Right Response Ministries. And we've got this debate set up between these guys. You got the Doug and Joel guy. I'm, I'm taking it are Calvinist. Is that correct? Yeah, they're from the Reformed theology. They're Reformed theology, Calvinist. So this is a debate between the Reformed and the kind of the Pentecostal charismatic two and two, and they really did a good job, Jeff. They did a fabulous job. They respected each other and debated Yes, they did. And basically, they discussed the topic of has the sign gifts disappeared or have they not? And that's that's always been a... um, a matter of division, actually, right, in the right. body of Christ, from the charismatics to the non-charismatic world. Are the sign gifts for today, or are they not? And they did such a lovely job of respecting one another and revering one another that you normally don't see. Instead of it being divisive, it was a discussion of that topic, and it was very good. And so then the Calvinists, you would call them sensationists. Is that big correct terminology? It's cessationalist. Cessationalist. Sensationalist. Uh, That's right. Uh, Not yeah, sin, but because, yeah, cessationalist. They well, say I, that the gifts have ceased. Right. Has ceased. It seems more like, though, to me, a sensationalist would be correct because yeah. it's a sin to think such a way. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless. So, well, I found uh, myself agreeing <laughs> with the arguments of both sides. So I don't know what that makes me. Well, I'm, I'm well you, and I, you and I are actually professional on the topic because we have been both. Yes, that's right. I mean, exactly so therefore right. we, you come we have definitely spent time in both worlds. In That's both right. worlds, we've been there, and yep. God has drug us through this. Uh, I would say, I would, I would almost say, Alan, that we both were sentenced to both groups at some time or another. I would yeah. review, I would remember it as a sentencing from the Lord to spend time in both worlds. So, if that tells you anything about my excitement on either one, well, Jeff, why don't you frame their debate for us as we start talking about the topics? I think it's important to know the framework of their discussion, even though it was supposed to be about the sign gifts, they basically spent time on the governing offices 
as uh-huh. well as the governing functions of the church to frame their debate about it. So uh-huh. when you talk about the cessation of gifts, most people that are cessationists or that believe that the signed gifts are done away, they only believe that a certain group of the signed gifts are done away, namely prophecy, tongues, and supernatural knowledge or the uh-huh. word of knowledge, word of wisdom. That sort of thing. Right. That's the only sign gifts that they say has been done away. Now, if you're going to uh-huh. say the gifts are done away, I have a problem, little problem with just picking out those three. But they do that around the writing of Corinthians 13. But what they did is they took it from the apostles because true cessationists believe that the sign gifts were done away when the apostles died, that they left right. with the apostles, that these sign gifts were there to validate the apostolic ministry and work, and that when the apostles died, those sign gifts went away with those apostles. The guys from Remnant Radio were making the argument that, you know, to the strictest form of the definition of the word, we still have the office of the apostle today. We still have the office of the prophet today. And because of that, these gifts are still functional. These gifts are still in operation, though I will say from the perspective of those guys from Remnant Radio, Alan, and you and I have had a lot of serious conversations about this. They do tend to vet who they think are prophets and apostles very strong. So though they say that those gifts are not done away, they sure do police that area quite heavily. And so that's kind of what they framed their conversation around was apostles and prophets in that office. And is that office still applicable to today's church. Okay, well, getting to their to the first part of the conversation, the sign gifts, I think they made a distinction between some gifts and versus other gifts, did they not, Jeff? Yeah, they did. Mainly their discussion was around prophecy. They did. I don't think in that podcast they even got into the gift of tongues. They did talk about prophecy mm-hmm. during that whole podcast. The context, however, is inclusive of tongues and a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, especially if it's done in a prophetic fashion. So that's why I think they kind of started their debate. And it's not exhaustive. I'm sure that there would be, uh, because you and I know that there is a government around the gift of speaking in tongues, as well as there's a government around the prophetic office, Mm -hmm, or even mm -hmm. using the prophetic in such a way as to give a word prophecy to someone. There is a government around that that needs to be discussed. But I think they were just mainly concerning themselves with the prophetic office, the apostolic office, and that sort of thing in their podcast. I've always, you know, I'm just going to state what I believe about that part of it anyway, and what I believe the word teaches. I do believe there is a distinction between the apostles of the New Testament that actually seen the Lord and the apostolic office of today, but I also believe that there is an apostolic office today, Mm -hmm. just like I believe that there may be some differences between the prophets of old. Matter of fact, there is a major difference between the Old Testament prophets and New Testament prophets for sure, Mm -hmm. but I do believe that there is a prophetic office today. We talked about the article from R.T. Kendall on a couple of podcasts. But Alan, these questions are in many ways still at the forefront of a lot of people's mind because of the charismatic movement and because of the division between those that are charismatic and those that tend to be non-charismatic. And I know as well as you know, I've pastored churches, preached in a ton of churches that don't claim to be charismatic churches, but a lot of the people that attend there are charismatic people. Mm -hmm. I've also been in churches that are charismatic where not everybody embraces all of the gifts either. So there is a large cross-section of beliefs in both circles. It is a topic 
that a lot of people have interest in. I do believe there's an apostolic office today. I believe there's a prophetic office today. And I think it's still alive and well in the church. Well, there's a, uh, definitely a, Jeff, let me, I did not actually give the name of this podcast for some people that would like to go and to listen to it, which we would recommend. The title of it is The Sensationism Debate, Remnant Radio and Doug Wilson. That's the name of it. The Sensationism Debate, Remnant Radio and Doug Wilson. And it's done by Right Response Ministries. Yeah, right. Response Ministries. And so that's the podcast. Didn't want to get us off track, but I knew a lot of people would like to say, well, I'd like to hear what they're referring to. So there is the debate of where it actually took place. And it was done, basically, it was done 10 days ago. So it's really fresh. It was done actually 10 days ago. Well, Jeff, the debate of the gifts, uh, apostle, prophet, are these things still alive today? And as we All of this is under the idea that God still speaks today. The church for, you know, 1500 years or more was under the idea that God did not. And I say the church, Christendom as a whole, that church, that God does not speak today. So the understanding that you and I are under and these guys and most of Christians today, we now entertain the idea, not most Christians, but a lot of Christians. We now entertain the idea that God still speaks to people, to churches, to countries. And so now that's a pretty good leap from God never speaks. And if you're under this idea, God never speaks, you're under more of a historical love for God. It's the God that was, or or it's more of a historical understanding. To bring the idea into the moment that God speaks today, that is a huge, huge leap. And once you get into that, in a lot of your Orthodox churches, in Orthodoxy, you do not believe that God can speak in a lot of the older Orthodox strands. Yeah. So, But the idea of God actually speaking, so that opens up a whole new can of worms because not calling God a worm, but I mean, you open up a whole new set of ideas that you then get into these problems. Okay, you got gifts. Well, gifts comes out of God speaks today. God has me move this way, a word of knowledge, or the Lord told me to heal today to pray for healing for this person or yada, yada. All of these things or these sets of problems comes under the idea that God still speaks to my heart today or still speaks to me. And so we are in the, how can I say it? I believe that God has recovered or is in the year we live in 2000s and in the last hundred years, especially three or 400 years, even all the way back to the Reformation, God has been recapturing this idea. Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, people, I'm talking. I'm speaking. I have yeah, in the, yeah. through, it's through his Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. he gives us impressions. And today I've seen, I've heard cessationist type preachers say that they don't believe in the gifts, but then they'll stand in the pulpit and say, we know the Lord laid this sermon upon my heart. And mm-hmm. so to say that the Holy Spirit's laid something upon your heart as an action is a type of God speaking today. Yeah. So it kind of gets you a lot of this. I think debate, Jeff, is just in definition of terms. If you took I the definition agree. of yeah. terms away, we're probably in a lot more agreement <laughs> across the board. Oh, than I, might I, think. I, I totally agree with that. I think that's the right perspective that we are more in agreement with each other than we think we are. Where definition is important is in saying, okay, God still speaks today. Then you get into what 
a lot of people who are on that cessationist part where the gifts have ceased, is there is God adding to revelation of his word? Is there a distinction to be made between the canon of scripture and what God is speaking to people's hearts today, maybe through the prophetic office or the apostolic office? So that, to that extent, yeah, there needs to be definition, I think. But to say that God just is not speaking uh, is foolish. Even that would be violating scripture itself to say that God is not speaking today. There are those that says that the only way he speaks is through his word. Now, if that's the case, we're still in trouble because the word of God is alive. It's quick and powerful and it's alive. So the word of God itself is still speaking. And if mm -hmm. the word of God mm -hmm. itself is still speaking, then God himself is still speaking. Mm -hmm. And that's, so there's all these semantics and technicalities that we get wrapped up in. And I think because of that, if we could free ourselves of those technicalities, we would in many cases, especially if it, when it comes to the prophetic office, the apostolic office, we would be saying the same thing. The gift of tongues is a little different in that it is an a very definable event that is so uniquely different from anything else that you may have a difference of belief. Does tongues exist? Does tongues not exist? The thing that I would say is people's lack of speaking in tongues is not proof that the gift has been done away. I would say you can't use that as a proof that it's been done away. No, I would also right. say that those that actually speak in tongues does not prove that it exists either. I think there has to be a paradigm of understanding and learning from the scriptural text that teaches us about the gift of tongues in order to come to some kind of a bearing on that gift. But I do believe that we are closer together than most people think we are. Yeah, there's. I think there is actually no doubt of that. Jeff, when it comes to the, you and I, either one, have ever spoken in tongues. Right. And when we're in a, I'll usually mention that if I'm speaking in a charismatic assembly. When I'm in a non-charismatic assembly, I usually don't even bring it up. And I'm not really sure why I do that. Yeah. I think I'm trying yeah. to wave a flag for those of us who do not have that gift. Because yeah. some people, it can be seen as you're a lesser person. Not that I think I'm that great anyway, but a lot of times you're seen as you're lacking something as a Christian. Yeah, or which, you're inferior. You're inferior, which we know, according to Scripture, that not everybody has all the gifts. That's, That's what right. the Bible says. And so, so we don't use that as a marker, any of the gifts as markers of spirituality or to me, it's not about the trying to build a resume of how many spiritual gifts I have. So therefore, right. that qualifies me as a better Christian or whatever, in which that's where we get into a lot of problems in the debates. of Now, you and I, though, are of a persuasion that once God has released something to the earth. And of course, now, when I say this in its simplicity, there is more conversation that goes along with this statement. But when God releases something to the earth, because God's God, we're under the persuasion that he never takes it back because right. when he right. establishes something, it turns into a, like a spiritual law almost, right. or not right. almost, it does. And then with that spiritual law, it is a continual, you say, until it's completion. And I'm going to say that it never, it's always, can, because it's always up and running, that that yeah. completion I believe it's just law. It's a spiritual, it's a spiritual it's, law it is. It and is. it's just out there and it's going on for eternity. So that spiritual law are the spiritual gifts. So we believe 
God's never said anything that he had to say, "Uh uh-oh, now we're not doing that. That's what convicted me when I changed from being what I would call a hyper-dispensationalist, and I'm not trying to Mm -hmm. bring them any bad press, but I was at one time more of a hyper-dispensationalist. And uh, now I'm a dispensational, Pentecostal, charismatic, (laughs) Baptist. I'm all of this. I'm all of I haven't. I see once the truths that I learned, Jeff, in dispensational teaching, I cannot deny. And here's the part that you and I know, you know, whether I think that God used the dispensational camp when that it came forth again, it's been around for 2000 years, but when it had a revival, so to speak, in the 1700s, 1800s, it was kind of a recovery of taking the Bible literal. That's what the dispensationalists yeah, that's right. uh, That's That's what they brought to the table was Mm -hmm. that you can take the scriptures literally, uh, not just figuratively. It's not an allegory. So you could take a literal application of scripture. Then you had the Pentecostals come along and Pentecostals start saying, and this very topic we're talking about actually comes out of dispensational revelation. Because then the Pentecostals come along and said, hey, we believe you can take these gifts literal. So there's a literal tongue. There's literal healing. So it took everything out of allegory if you will, and said, hey, no, we believe. So the Pentecostals and Charismatics can be against dispensationalism, but not what they don't realize. God used that. They're against themselves. They're against themselves because God has used all of this as he keeps recovering, I think is the correct terminology, of truth that was lost in the Dark Ages. And so now we find ourselves. So I think that behooves us to move towards like this debate that these guys have had. It's amazing. You and I've had the conversation. Well, they're not really particularly our favorite type guys. Not that we have anything against them, but now we have great, <laughs> I maybe shouldn't have said that like that, but now we have great respect for them. I have a greater respect for them now listening to this podcast because of their debate, but yet respect for each other, Absolutely. their love for each other. They were careful. They didn't go Trump on each other. I mean, yeah, that's, well, that's right. They, did, they, they didn't. They didn't go they Trump didn't, on each other. Yeah, they, they didn't, didn't start. Say- calling each, each other, other names was, and stuff. Yeah, they didn't say each other was of the devil. You're right. And, and You're I've right. heard people say, you know, well, that crowd that speaks in tongues ain't nothing but just of the devil. And uh, then I've heard I've heard those that speak in tongues say, well, this is the evidence being filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, both are wrong. Neither yep, one yep. of those responses are correct. Right. To say that someone doesn't have the Holy Spirit because they don't speak in tongues is just as biblically incorrect as the attitude of saying, well, anybody that speaks in tongues is just of the devil. Some of my greatest prayer warrior friends speak in tongues. And uh, as you've said, neither one of us ever have. But I will say that my lack of that is not evidence that it doesn't exist. No more than my lack of that proves that I'm spiritually inferior. It's just that the Holy Spirit manifests in me certain gifts and he manifests in others certain gifts. Now, that's a biblical concept that I can tie into. However, I do think that when you get to the office of apostle and prophet, I do think that there is some understanding that the church needs to have. And I'm just going to say this much, Alan, you correct me, and I'd love for you to comment on, on this, if you would. I've always believed that in every assembly, the function most of the time is there. 
regardless of what the titles are. The titles yeah. may not be in existence, that's right. but that's the right. functions are always there. God ensures of that. Well, all right, let me do the first part of what you were saying there in a response. You and I have neither one spoken tongues, but it's proof that since you hang out with me that you're filled with the Spirit. I mean, that's that's a proof that you may... <laughs> I mean, you you be, well, listen, I mean, you're I'm just going for proof. I can't hold, and, and, and there you just couldn't hold. I don't understand. We're having no, this great theological no. no, never so, such eloquence. And then all of a sudden, you just go right off. The no, I don't no, 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 no. I'm trying to qualify while you're on here. And uh, <laughs> I think the only thing that qualifies any of us as anything is the cross of Christ. Absolutely. To be as narrow-minded to think that a function is what qualifies us to do yeah, what right, we're doing. Yeah, that's right. Listen, yeah. the cause of Christ, we have but one person and one event to point to that qualifies any of us for anything, and that's the cross of Christ. It's Jesus yeah. himself. And that being the case, I used to love what Peter Lord said. He'd have everybody do a self-evaluation. And he said, now evaluate yourself and see how much like Christ you are or how spiritual you are. Yeah, one right, to yeah. ten. 10 being like Jesus and one being like a devil. So he said, just yeah. to himself. And most people come up, well, I'm a five, I'm a four, five mm. or six. And Peter would laugh. And at the end of it, he'd say, no, you're all a 10. You're all like Christ. Because yeah. it's Christ that God sees. He doesn't see that's, you. That's right. God, that's when he exactly sees you, right. he sees you through Christ. So God considers us all a 10. That's so right. now that's a hard truth, Jeff. That's a hard. Yeah, right. I mean, it's I can a, yeah. see why I would be a 10. I just can't see why you would be a 10. <laughs> so that's proof of our problem. And, I'm getting uh, prouder of you by the second, by the way. I'm just so well, proud. I'm, uh, well, I'm just trying to make little points here, little analogy <laughs> and here, there, there, here. <laughs> to me, as all of argument and debate, we have left the idea that we're all a 10 in God's eyes because of Christ. So right. to evaluate somebody as a lesser or a greater because you have a particular gift is yeah. leaving the fundamental doctrine that we're all all acceptable. Right. We're all a 10 in God's eyes. You'd have That's to leave exactly right. that, you know, the, the foundational yeah. doctrine of our faith to start thinking such stuff as that is my point. Yeah, that's exactly right. And Alan, because God is eternal and we're in time, the Lord sees us as a finished product of mm -hmm. what we're going to be. And he can do that because he's God. Unfortunately, we don't have that. Well, we that don't, but God, well, God looks at us and says, hey, I see you as you will be. Now, come on, start acting like it. Yeah, yeah just start right. acting like it. Exactly and that's right. and we struggle there. We know we do, but the goal is yeah. still the same. Start acting like it. So that's our call unto holiness and godliness, yada, yada, yada. It's God yeah. said, come on, I already see you that way. Now just start acting like it. Come on. And God yeah, just says, hey, right. come on, y'all work with me a little bit. Just work, <laughs> work with me a little bit. Well, you bit know, here. one of the things that I didn't hear in that podcast that I would love for us to discuss is, do you differentiate and I'm asking this as a question. Do you differentiate the various types or kinds of tongues there are in the Bible? Yes. They have similarities and they have a few little differences. And uh, the reason I'm asking, I'm fixing to do a teaching kind of on that uh, line this Sunday, the Lord will, unless he changes my, my direction. But I'm asking... 
because are there differences between the tongues of Acts chapter 2 and the tongues that Paul spoke about to the church of Corinth and then the prayer language that Paul mm-hmm. talks about? Are there differences in those things? Well, evidently there are. The first one, of course, being the difference of known language, where everybody heard the gospel in their uh-huh. own language, which well, that was really cool. I mean, that was right. really, really neat. All of a sudden, God over, you know, God just gave him this gift that every, I, and it was more of a, where I have a little problem here is you got all these people from all these different nations if and they all heard the gospel in their own language. So that gift of tongues, I'm not so sure that they were, I don't know how you'd speak in 10 or 12 different languages at the same time. It was more right. of a, that was more of a thing of hearing and was they yeah, heard right. it in That's their right. own language. So That's right. uh, That's that right. gift of tongues there is more to me, it's possibly a hearing gift and not a speaking gift. Speaking and, gift. But that's right. it for another day and for another conversation, because I am of the persuasion that there is a spiritual phenomena of hearing things that aren't even being said. In other words, you're, a preacher can be preaching and the congregation can hear more than what's being said. Okay, what Absolutely. is that? I think what it's a gift of tongues. I uh, think it's a holy. Exactly. And so that's, that's you know yeah. that's another topic. But anyway, that gift that was in operation there was an actual language. Now, when it comes to the prayer language, I mean. It's really hard for me to explain what that is, seeing that I don't do it and I don't have it. So I can, the only thing I can say about the prayer language, Jeff, is I believe it's of God. I believe that I've heard people that it's of God when they've done it. For me to give a testimony unto what it is, it'd be a little hard for me to do, seeing that I don't actually operate in. I got my opinion, but I, I'm not too impressed with my opinion because for me to give a report on what that gift is, not having it, is really a little ludicrous to say the least. But what's this? The reason I'm asking is because if we believe that there is still that spiritual enablement (laughs) of being able to hear like in Acts 2, then why would we deny then what Paul is saying about a prayer language in the book of Corinthians. Do you understand my point? So Say it if one you're more a, time now. If you're sure a cessationist and you believe that tongues have ceased, all right, we ju- <laughs> right. you and I have both experienced a Acts 2 type phenomenon before. Yes, we have. We've experienced that in our preaching and someone hears a word that is from the Lord, but something we didn't speak that they attribute to what we said. We've mm-hmm. experienced that. Okay. If we believe that still exists, then why would we believe that a prayer language that is maybe an angelic language or of another of another source, why would we believe that that's not something that can happen right, in right. our day as well? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I totally, I totally believe that it can. I have faith that yeah. others speak in that. Now, I will yeah. add this. Sometimes I think I have the gift of interpretation. Now, isn't that wild? There's sometimes I believe that I can see what the other person's saying yeah, in tongues. Right. And that's one that's one thing that's got me even persuaded that it's real mm-hmm. is because I believe I have possibly the gift of interpretation of tongues. So, and I don't know of too many people that go around waving that flag, but I don't think well, I can I have to, to say you this. Is, I have interpreted before things you have said for others because there was just no understanding. And I've had to do that before. So I can get into a little bit of what you're saying there if that makes any sense. I've had to interpret for you many times. In the heart. I hit that. I felt that in the heart. Uh, that was a dagger. That was an arrow into the heart. I am now bleeding from, from the heart. Are. Did I say the yes. heart? Did I say the heart? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you say it is a joke, but there is an element of truth there. <laughs> I, and there's also an element of truth that's happened for me, too. So it's possible. We've learned it's possible to have the gift of interpretation and still not have the gift of tongues. <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, that is yeah, true. Right. We have this phenomena of, I'll use the, the most obvious one of preaching, to where people hear more than the preacher's saying. And that's to right. me, that's right. that is a gift, a type of a tongue, hearing the tongue, if you will, of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy yeah. Spirit gives an impression upon the heart of mankind, that is a lang- spiritual language that's being spoken and that's being heard. So therefore, I believe that the Holy Spirit speaks in tongues. Yes, so therefore, <laughs> is my, is my right. point. So therefore, that being the case, if the Holy Spirit speaks in tongues, and I believe that the Holy Spirit can be upon a person to where they are praying or speaking in tongues, yeah. and I can embrace right. that flat-footed. As far as the experience it, itself, you're going to have to ask somebody that's doing it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. I can't that's right. speak into that. I can speak. I, I do believe in more than I do. I think, Alan, when it gets right down to it, there's a lot of people that believe exactly what we have just framed. Of course, there's some that would say, no, y'all are, you know, you're crazy. This has been done away because they mm-hmm. say, you know, Paul writes that tongues will cease, prophecy will cease, and knowledge will vanish away. Mm-hmm. And so, Depending on, and you and I talked about this, I think, in another podcast, what your interpretation when that which is perfect is come really goes into that, to how you interpret that scripture. When you think that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. So I know that in their talks, again, they were talking more about the apostolic office and the prophetic office, but they were laying a foundation in that to move to those sign gifts to see, are these gifts actually operational? As far as the Mm -hmm. prophetic goes... You know, the idea was if someone is saying this is from a cessationist point of view, someone believes all the gifts are done away with, those sign gifts are done away with. From their point of view, if someone's going to get up and say, thus saith the Lord, and then give something, should there not be someone there to, in like manner of Scripture, canonize that word? If it's God speaking, should we not canonize that word and give it the same reverence as we do the actual word of God? Mm -hmm. So that was, that was part of their debate as far as the prophetic goes. What is your thoughts on that? Well, that is part of their debate in that scripture, Jeff, when that which is perfect has come. I think it's a great application to the second coming of Christ. I also think on the spiritual, I mean, that's on the literal side, on the spiritual side, the context is love. Yep. So to me, it's, let's say that uh, I, I live here in Stony Point and let's say I drive to Statesville. Well, I have arrived in Statesville. In a sense of the word, I have done away with Stony Point because I'm in Statesville. It doesn't mean that Stony Point doesn't exist. It means that I've done away with it because now I'm in Statesville. And so that's why I take that scripture. When the love of God overtakes my heart in all situations, then it's like the sign gifts and the gifts are there and are more. To it's, get to you me, it's to not that. necessarily to get me to the love of God. <laughs> yes, and so that's to what me, it's the love, for. the love of God is the goal, not the gifts. That's exactly Matter of right. fact, that's when exactly you're in right. the love of God, you're not there no more. No, when you're and in the love of point. God, you're, you don't need a prophetic love, love, word. No, the prophetic no, word is supposed place. to get you to the love of God. And, and, you know and therefore, it ceases in that season <laughs> well, in your it life. Ceases, it ceases in the sense of, not that it's not there, but it ceases it just, in the it, sense of, it's not necessary. But Jeff, you know, when we were in revival there at Shiloh, you and I kept laughing. It's like we can't do anything wrong. And what it yeah. was, it wasn't that we couldn't do something wrong. It's just that God truly, he made everything Oh, he did the, you know, the Romans thing. He, 
He made yeah. all things work together for good. The That's truth right. is we had love for people that we were criticized for. Why yeah, are you yeah, loving these people? Why are you doing yeah, yeah. And we're like, well, duh, what's your problem? Yeah. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Rowland and myself have been in a place at one time in our lives that we loved everybody. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. true. Because yeah. you're in that. So in other words, you and I can give testimony to that. I'm not saying we're there now, but I'm saying we have touched that. Yes, we have. And all of a sudden, all of our theology, all of our doctrine, everything, the love of God was overshadowed. To take it overshadowed. It overshadowed yes. that. And that's I think exactly that's what right. that scripture means. And I we want to debate the gifts like that's the pinnacle. And you and yeah. I are saying, no, there's a time the gifts aren't even necessary that's because right. the love of God's covering it all. So, yeah, so I there. mean, I, that's right. And I think that we should pursue after the love of God. And I, I think that's the goal. That's the goal. Uh, I think the gifts of the Spirit are there <laughs> merely to get you to that place of the love of God where it can truly be manifested in your life. Amen. That's what I believe. And that's what yeah. I believe about the prophetic. That's what I believe even about the apostolic. If you want to know what we're sent out to do, we are sent out to be ambassadors of the love of God. That's exactly um, right. And if so you don't believe that, say, ask Ron Ross. That's exactly yeah, that's right. <laughs> and ask him in a hurry because he'll tell you. Uh, that's exactly right. You know, and I do believe to say that the apostolic office or the prophetic office is not in the church today would be is the is no, equal and paramount to saying that the love of God is not in existence today. Well, you see, I think all these gifts and everything are more in the absence of the love of God. Now, yes, that's for I another too. day's discussion. Well, it, <laughs> it, is, discussion. it is, but it, Alan, the goal is for the love of God. If we I really tried. want a true revival, that's where you'll find it. Yeah, I agree. Well, Jeff, you have no idea how far out of time we are run. We, oh, are, okay. we have done a 30-minute podcast in 42 minutes. Well, but that it just means, I mean, how can you have yeah. this much knowledge and not share it with the world? Well, I mean, that's on. the way I believe. And the millions <laughs> listening around the world keep sending us emails to validate our belief. So there. <laughs> yeah, say bye. Yeah, I'll see you. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for joining today's Smith & Rowan Show. You can check out our website at kingdompropheticsociety.org and our daily unplugged podcast at smithandrollinshow.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.